This is the Italian Citizenship Podcast, hosted by Marco Permunian and Rafael Di Furia. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Italian Citizenship Podcast, presented by ItalianCitizenshipAssistance.com. I'm Rafael Di Furia, here with Marco Permunian, the head of the U.S. Office of Italian Citizenship Assistance and an Italian attorney and expert in the subject of Italian dual citizenship. And today we are going to be going into a subject which we have referenced in previous episodes and um, we wanted to dive a little bit deeper into uh, the documentation necessary for the Italian citizenship process. We will in this episode mostly be focusing on Italian citizenship by descent as we have already spoken about Italian citizenship uh, by naturalization through marriage in a previous episode. But let's jump into this subject. If you had to pick one or two very important documents, the most important pieces of the puzzle for someone to prove that they are actually eligible, or not just eligible for Italian citizenship, but that they already may be an Italian citizen. If I had to pick the most important document, I'd say that probably that would be the Italian birth certificate of your Italian ancestor, which you collect from the town of birth. So you actually have to get that document from Italy in the town where your Italian ancestor was born. Probably the second most important document that you will need to apply for Italian citizenship by descent is probably the naturalization certificate of your Italian ancestor or in general the naturalization records because the naturalization process was a multiple steps process so uh, the naturalization records include several documents more precisely the declaration of intention the petition for naturalization and the actual certificate of naturalization Mm-hmm. So, to go back to what we spoke about in a previous episode, the importance of showing your ancestors' uh, date of naturalization, and you're talking about those three steps to this process. When was it during this process that the Italian ancestor would have automatically lost their Italian citizenship? That is a question that I'm asked very often, like, when did my Italian ancestor actually became naturalized and therefore Uh, when did he lose uh, his Italian citizenship? And the answer to that question is, uh, no matter when the declaration of intention was filed or the petition for naturalization done, your Italian ancestor lost his Italian citizenship when he became an American citizen, which means when he took the oath. Mm -hmm. So at the very end of the naturalization process. So it doesn't matter if your ancestor filed a declaration of intention, say, prior to the birth of his child. It only matters when this naturalization process was concluded. So just to clarify an example, just a question. Uh, If your great-grandfather had filed his um, petition in, say, 1918, but your grandfather wasn't born until 1920, and then your great-grandfather didn't get his actual naturalization, didn't actually make his oath and get his certificate of naturalization until 1922, then that would mean that you would be safe because the even though the petition was filed before the birth, because the oath actually happened after the birth, you're safe. That is correct. And just to add one more uh, piece of information to that, 
the back of the petition normally lists the actual date of naturalization. So on the front, you can see when the petition was filed and on the back, generally you see when the person was admitted to become a citizen of the US. Is there ever a situation where a person may have petitioned for American citizenship but did not actually receive American citizenship? Yeah, I've had quite a few cases and that's a pretty interesting question. Uh, and normally when the person uh, was unable to get the American citizenship, the petition would say it. And the petition could have been denied for several reasons because the person couldn't speak English, that's a pretty uh, common reason, or because he didn't appear at the naturalization hearing, or because he had committed a crime, uh, or another reason could be that the person never followed through. So uh, they filed a declaration and uh, never filed a petition. So um, the naturalization process was never concluded. So while it's not common, it's not unheard of. So just to clarify, when you're saying the Italian line, you're meaning the um, line of descent directly from the last born Italian ancestor, correct? Yes. So if you need all of the documents of your direct line of um, ancestry back to Italy to show your connection, do you need any documents that are kind of outside of that direct line? For example, people who married into that line, like husbands and wives of your, like, if you're going from great-grandfather, grandfather to your father, would you need any of the documents from their wives? That's a good question. And the answer is sometimes. So there are some consulates that will ask you to submit those documents that you just mentioned. So the birth certificates and the death certificates for the individuals not in the Italian line, but who married the people in the Italian line. So for example, if you are applying for citizenship to your great-grandfather, and then your grandfather, and then your father, and you, some consulates will require that you submit documents also pertaining to your grandmother, great-grandmother, your mother. It just really depends uh, in the end on what consulate you are applying through. So assuming that each one of these ancestors were married, uh, it's not just that they would need the marriage certificate in some cases, it would be also that they need sometimes those other person's vital documents. One thing though I have to say that that's always struck me as very strange is that even when an ancestor may have been born in the 1800s, for example, they still want the death certificate. Like, how would that person still be alive? I don't understand why that, for example, uh, a document that's so old, why do you need to prove that person is dead? Why wouldn't just their birth certificate, marriage certificate, and really natural and just naturalization papers, why wouldn't that be enough? All of the consulates uh, in the US require uh, basically death certificates. And like we said, some consulates will also require these extra birth and death certificates for the individuals not in the Italian line. And I'm asked a lot of times why that happens, like why do consulates require these extra documents? And the answer I believe is that the consulates are very uh, picky, so they want to cross-reference all the information on these different documents to make sure that the birth certificates and marriage certificates which are basically the real key documents, are really, um, that they really pertain to your 
ancestors or to the individuals in your Italian line and that, for example, you're not bringing documents pertaining to other people that have nothing to do with your case. It would also seem to be odd that consulates would require these extra documents. For example, if we look at the Circolare um, released by the Italian ministry in 1991, uh, basically it's a clarification to the um, citizenship law. It doesn't make any reference uh, to the need to present that certificate for people applying for citizenship in Italy. I believe in the end, the consulate, what the consulate wants is to be extremely sure by cross-referencing all this information that the documents of birth and marriage that you're presenting really pertain to your ascendants and ancestor. So when you're saying that the uh, consulates require this, do you find that this is the same situation in an Italian comune or municipality? Oh no, the Italian municipality normally requires much less documents. Normally they're okay with just birth certificates and marriage records. Sometimes I, we advise our clients to also bring that certificates when it makes sense when they are available but uh, if they're not available the Italian municipality at least in Rovigo which is the municipality that, that we use the most they will be okay even without those documents mm, that's very interesting I mean I have to say just living in Rovigo like it, there's a lot of interesting pluses and it would seem that even applying for citizenship comes with its pluses as well um, but what about uh, something almost as bad as a death, a divorce. If you are divorced, you also need to present your divorce records. And a question that I'm always asked is, can I just present a divorce certificate? And the answer to that question, unfortunately, is no. Like some counties in the US will give you a divorce, a really nice divorce certificate, uh, which is not what you need to apply for citizenship by descent. What you need is the full judgment of divorce because that document under Italian law will be recorded in Italy. Basically, the Italian government, when you apply for citizenship by descent, needs to know whether you're single, married, divorced. And that's why if you're divorced, your divorce papers will be recorded in Italy. So you were mentioning that if the petitioner or applicant themselves has been divorced, that they would have to produce the, these documents uh, for the Italian government. But what if their parent or grandparents have been divorced? Would they need to also produce those documents for the Italian government? Yes. So if another person in the Italian line uh, was divorced, you do have to present divorce records, especially if for example, your parents are divorced and you were born to your father's second marriage. In that case, it would be crucial to produce not only your father's first marriage, but also his divorce papers to prove that he was legally able to remarry with your mother. So I understand that a birth certificate would be important and um, it, because it would show the lineage directly, but why is the marriage document so important and why does it matter if you were born from the first marriage or the second marriage? That's a very good question. I'm asked that question a lot of times. Basically, under Italian law, the father of the child is automatically presumed to be the person married to the mother. So when the child was born within wedlock, 
then there is nothing else you have to prove regarding paternity. Uh, the child is presumed to be the son or the daughter of the man married to the mother. But when there is no marriage, then there is the problem of proving paternity. But what about in the situation where parents weren't married? It's not that uncommon um, within the past couple generations that parents did have children outside of wedlock. When uh, the couple was not married at the time of the birth of the child, then you have to prove paternity. And you do that by presenting other documents, normally an acknowledgement of paternity coming from the father. So the point here is that there needs to be, if the couple is not married, there needs to be a declaration coming from the man acknowledging that that's his child. The name of the father on the birth certificate itself is not sufficient. Unless we can say the father signed the birth certificate, then we can say that that's a statement coming from him. But in most cases, the birth certificate is, was not signed by the parents. And in those situations, the only document that can prove paternity is an acknowledgement of paternity coming directly from the father. And this can be a separate document drafted by the father or filled out by the father at the time of the birth. Or, for example, and this is a little bit more uncommon, the acknowledgement of paternity could be included in a will. So just to clarify, the acknowledgement of paternity and the knowledge uh, of who that person is would only be important in the case where you are making a claim through uh, a male ancestor, like your father, grandfather? That's correct. Of course, if you are making a claim through a female, so say your parents were not married at the time of your birth, there is no acknowledgement of paternity, but you're going through your mother, like the Italian ancestor is your mother's grandfather. At that point, it is no longer necessary to prove who is your father. Mm -hmm. So that becomes irrelevant whether there is an acknowledgement of paternity, a marriage record, or any of that. And just kind of skipping around a little bit, especially because we're talking about when a couple may or may not be married, and there would be different last names in there, just connecting that idea just a step further than that, going back to divorces. What would be the situation? Because in America, what's very common is that a woman will change her last name when she gets married legally. But in Italy, this is definitely not the case. Women in Italy do not change their last names when they're married or really at any point. And, and name changes in general in Italy are extremely uncommon. Uh, what would be the situation um, of a person who even if they weren't divorced, maybe for professional reasons, maybe the person was an actor or for whatever other professional reason they might have wanted to change their name. What would be the situation in that case? So I'd say the situation of a woman who changed last name because of the marriage or multiple marriages is a little bit different than the person who just decided to change name for, as you said, for example, professional reasons. It is very common in the US, as we all know, for women to get the last name of the person that they uh, marry, which is something that doesn't happen in Italy, meaning in Italy, you cannot take the last name of the person you're going to marry. And because of this, different 
difference in the Italian law and US law, the Italian government will grant Italian citizenship to a woman with the name at birth. Mm -hmm. So um, potentially you could have an Italian passport with your name at birth and a US passport with your married name. Instead, the situation of a person just legally changing the name regardless of the marriage is a little bit different. In those cases, it is possible and advisable to get your birth certificate amended based on the legal name change decree in order for you to have a birth certificate with your current name and in those cases the Italian government would grant Italian citizenship with a name on the birth certificate. After a person has gathered all of the documents necessary, all of the birth certificates, death certificates, marriage certificates, uh, potentially divorces and name changes, is there anything that goes along with that that a person would need to produce or can the applicant just deliver the documents to the Italian government as is? It is a little bit more complicated than that, of course. So the documents that were not issued in Italy need to be apostilled. So you need to have an apostille seal on each foreign document. This would be assuming that the country is a signatory of the Hague Convention. So if the country where the documents originated is part of this international convention on apostles, then all of your documents will need to be apostilled and the US is part of this convention. And what exactly is the apostille itself? So the apostille is basically another document that is attached to a vital record document that proves that the document is authentic. So what the office that issues the apostille does is they have a registry with all the signatures of the people who work, for instance, in the vital statistics offices. And when you give them a document that you want to be apostilled, what they do is they will verify that the signature is authentic. And if it is, they will just attach another document, which is called apostille, which proves that the document that you're using is authentic and that it can be used in another country, uh, which is also a signatory of the Hague Convention, like Italy. So basically at its essence, it's just a certification of the certification. Yes, and sometimes there are intermediate certifications. So sometimes you cannot um, apostille the document directly. You need to go to another office to obtain another certification, which will allow you to obtain the final certification, which is the apostille. So you need the certification to get the certification to get the final certificate. <laughs> exactly. But what about the situation for countries that are not part of the Hague Convention on the apostille? Like, I believe Canada is not a part of this. What would be the situation in that case? Yes, in those countries that are not part of the Hague Convention, people still have to use the old method. So basically, the they have to um, have the Italian consulate certify that the documents originated in the foreign country, such as Canada, are authentic. So basically, you get the document from the Canadian authorities, and then you bring it to the Italian consulate in Canada, which will certify that the document is 
authentic, but it's not that easy because uh, the Italian consulate doesn't have, the Italian consulate in Canada doesn't have on file all of the signatures of the officials who work at the vital statistics offices in Canada. So in most cases, it is necessary to get the document and then get an intermediate, again, authentication in Canada. And then the Italian consulate can certify the signature. So basically the difference between a country that is part of the um, convention on apostles in a country that is not part of that convention is that if the country is part of the Hague Convention, then it will be an internal authority of that country, the office that will be able to certify the authenticity of the document, meaning to issue the apostille. And not only the documents need certifications, but they also need to be translated into Italian because, of course, you are applying for Italian citizenship at an Italian consulate where people speak Italian and can only process documents in Italian. So before you submit your final packet with all the documents, these documents will also need to be translated into Italian. Of course, only the documents that did not originate in Italy. And do the translations need any certification themselves or just a translation on its own is okay? So when you're applying at the consulate, the day of the appointment, the consulate will take care of certifying your translation. So basically you go to the to your appointment with just regular translations. But if you are applying in Italy, then the translations will need to be certified beforehand, before you even apply for citizenship and there are several ways of getting the translations certified. You can get them certified in an Italian consulate, you can get them certified in Italy in an Italian court or lately uh, a lot of people have been getting the translations certified in a different way. Basically it's possible for a translator, a foreign-based translator to uh, go before a public notary, so for example a US public notary, and just swear that the translations are accurate and faithful, and then the notary certificate can be apostilled, and that will be sufficient for you to use your translated documents in Italy for an application in Italy. And this, of course, is something that we help our clients with on a regular basis. So we not only help our clients get all the documents and get the documents authenticated and uh, apostilled, but we also take care of preparing the translations for our clients and, when necessary, getting the translations certified. I, I think that's an amazing thing that you guys do because the, I think a lot of the things, everything that you guys do is amazing because when I went through my process, uh, I had to get the certifications from one thing, the translations from another, ended up being this huge headache. Yes, it's possible to do DIY, but even in my own videos on YouTube, I very highly recommend working with someone who knows what they're doing, especially like Italian citizenship assistants because it can be time consuming to do and it can almost become like a, a part-time job or even a full-time job uh, over the course of months and it, it, it's such a headache and to have someone there for you who knows what to do where to get it and how that process goes i mean i really have to commend you guys on what you're doing because it is really so valuable to be able to have someone there uh, who understands this, go through it 
with you. Anyway, I think this may actually be a good place to also leave this video off for this week. And if you have any questions about anything that we've spoken about in this video or any other previous videos or any other questions completely unrelated, feel free to leave that down in the comment section below here on YouTube. Or if you have a more private question that you would like potentially answered in this podcast, you can of course contact Italian Citizenship Assistance directly through um, their email form on their website or through their Facebook page. So make sure you are subscribed to this channel with the notification bell turned on. And if you could also give this video a like, that would be very much appreciated. And for other updates about what's going on with Italian Citizenship Assistance and these videos, you can go to the Italian Citizenship Assistance Facebook page. And thank you again for joining us on another Wednesday for another edition of the Italian Citizenship Podcast. I am Rafael Di Furia here with Marco Permunian. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. See you next time. Later.